worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, we're going to switch gears, talk a little basketball right now. Cavaliers uh, in action as they will take on, uh, let's see, who do they have uh, coming up uh, tonight? It's Washington, right? They've got the Wizards tonight. And uh, we have that as our uh, our proper parlay bet of the week. Uh, straight up, Cavaliers going to get a win tonight. And uh, their season's kind of been up and down with injuries and whatnot. Uh, so let's find out what the latest is on some of those injuries and the status of the Cavaliers by going to the hotline and bringing in the outstanding beat reporter for the Cavaliers as well as NBA beat reporter for HoopsWire.com, Sam Amico, joining us. Happy New Year, Sam. How are you? Happy New Year. How are you doing? Hey, we're hanging in there, my friend, and we're wondering uh, when will the real Cavaliers team uh, show up, Sam? What do we know about uh, Evan Mobley and, and Darius Garland uh, for these guys getting back into the lineup and uh, getting a real look at the Cavaliers? Well, already we have a mystery of 2024, don't we? I would say, you know, we'll probably know the next two weeks on Garland. Uh, probably a little bit after that on, on Mobley. I suspect that, you know, it, and again, this is a guess, I, I'm thinking Garland will be back closer toward the end of the month. Mobley, if everything goes well and there are no setbacks, obviously, uh, I would think, you know, we're looking maybe the first week of February right around the all-star break, uh, trade deadline type of deal. So um, it's going to be a little bit yet. You know, the nice thing for them is they do have six straight home games. Of course, one of those home games, quote-unquote, is in Paris uh, against the Nets. So um, they do have they do have a favorable schedule. And even that Paris trip, they have three days off before the game to get to Paris, then three days off after to get back home. Um, so their schedule is going to break here a little bit in terms of you know, it's not going to be quite as difficult. They don't have to go really far on the road or any West Coast trips. So I would think, you know, as long as they can keep their gate, their heads above water, right now they're a game out of fourth place in the Eastern Man. Conference, which is where they finished last season without Mobley and Garland at the time. So they're, they're, they're doing all right, as is, I would say. Sam, obviously with those two big injuries to your starters – Seems like something's missing. What What's missing on this team right now, in your opinion? Well, to me, I think that, you know, there just needs to be some consistency in the lineup, which is dumb luck again, not their fault, but, uh, you know, getting these guys used to playing together. Now they're going to have, assuming Mobley and Garland come back healthy by, say, the middle of February, Ugh. they're going to have, you know, a month and a half or so to get ready for the playoffs and to get that cohesion with with Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen and Max Struess, who are the other regular starters. So I think that's a big part of it. I think they could also use, especially without Mobley, uh, you know, another defensive presence at the basket, whether that's, you know, we've, we've seen Tristan do that. He's not a great rim protector. He's a great energy guy and a great hustler near the basket, but, they don't really have that extra 
rim protection that they're missing with Mobley. Uh, and, and more than that, guys, they need they need consistent a consistent number two guy, whether that's Struess or Lavert or George Nyang, who's not going to be a number two guy, but mm-hmm. you know at least a consistent number three or four while the others are are healing from their injuries. That to me is probably the most uh, glaring need. I think they're set at point guard with Craig Porter Jr. being you know, an unsigned steal. Uh, I'm assuming at some point we'll see Ty Jerome play basketball for the Cavs. Um, but, you know, to me, there's nothing really glaring other than you just have to get your pieces healthy and get them, uh, you know, playing as a unit and, and functioning as a unit so that they can really rise to the level that they expected to be. Talking Cavs basketball with Sam Amico right now. Check him out at hoopswire.com. Sam, we saw a big trade last week. I think it's a pretty decent trade between Toronto and the New York Knicks. Uh, you mentioned a trade deadline. I believe it's February 8th. Should we start thinking about the trade deadline? And is there anyone that you'd like to add to this team? Well, you the Cavs, you know, the, the, the good thing about the injuries is the fact that guys like Sam Merrill, have, have stepped up and mm-hmm. stepped in, Craig Porter Jr. I mean, so the depth is pretty decent. I thought they could probably use another outside shooter. Maybe that guy's Merrill, if he can do it on a consistent basis, which he has been uh, when he's healthy. So I, I think more than anything, they probably could use another big body. And I, I would say that even with Mobley coming yeah. back, uh, they could use another guy that is you know going to give them 10 to 12 minutes a game, go in there, be a physical presence. I think Tristan adds that a little bit, but I think they could use maybe somebody younger with a little more size, a little more physicality. Uh, and Tristan's a very physical player, don't get me wrong, but just another guy like him that's maybe three or four inches taller uh, that, that they could potentially get at the trade deadline for, you know, without having to give up much. I don't think they're going to be super aggressive. I think that they think that they're pretty well set when healthy. But, you know, you're always going to listen. Kobe Allman's always going to listen, explore, identify needs, and, and make a decision probably closer to February 8th when when's the, last, the, the uh, final day to make a deal. Happy to have with us Sam Amico, HoopsWire.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Amico Hoops, talking Cavs basketball. And, Sam, where... Where do the Cavaliers and Donovan Mitchell stand with each other right now? We we're hearing, you know, varying reports. He's happy. He's not happy. He's going to leave. They're going to listen, but they're not going to call anybody. What does Sam Amico know about the relationship currently with Donovan Mitchell and the Cavaliers? I think it's everything I know and everything that, you know, just talking to business as usual. You know, Donovan Mitchell, by all accounts, is not looking to get out. He doesn't have his eye on the door. He and the Cavs, both the Cavs obviously aren't looking to trade him. They got all kinds of calls when the news came out that Garland and Mobley were both going to miss significant time. And, and, you know, really, guys, you're a year and a quarter into this, a little more than a year and, what, 30 games uh, into having Donovan Mitchell on the team. He signed through the end of next season when he could still opt in next year and by all accounts that's under consideration uh, from Mitchell's camp is that he could opt in at the end of next season and then you know if he doesn't sign an extension the year after that or that season in 24-25 uh, or 25-26 even 
any could test the market. But, you know, everything I'm hearing from people outside of the organization say they don't think that the Cavs and Mitchell are looking to move on from each other. They're getting no sense of that from Mitchell's side of things. I had one GM tell me, guys, he thinks the only place that Donovan Mitchell might leave Cleveland for, want to maybe leave Cleveland for, as we've all heard, would be the New York Knicks. Well, the Knicks aren't pursuing Mitchell right now, and they're the one, one of the few teams who aren't calling the Cavs. They just made their trade, as JT mentioned. They're going to see what they have moving forward, and Mitchell's not like, you know, he's not dying to go there. It doesn't, it's not necessarily I want to just get to New York so I'll play for Brooklyn. It's if I'm going to leave the Cavs, it would be for the New York Knicks, not the Mets, the Knicks. And I don't think that that's going to work out favorably for him because they don't have the money to sign him in free agency. Right now, it's looking like his best bet right now would be if I'm going to hit free agency, my best deal would be stay in Cleveland and take the most money as opposed to go somewhere else I don't want to go for less money. Hmm. Sam, I want to ask you a question about Kobe Altman. In the way you construct this team, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this, because I heard somebody mention it the other day on one of the national broadcasts, and it seems as though rather than put together complementary players in maybe a big three like we had when LeBron James were here, and I hate to go back in time, but I'm wondering with Allen and Mobley, they're basically the same player. They're bigs with a defense first because they don't have a perimeter shot or even a maybe a mid-range jumper, to my opinion. Also, you've got the two ball dominant point guards that are six foot whatever and their score first attitude. Is that the way to construct a team if you're going to compete not only just in the East, but the entire league? Well, I think that that remains to be seen. And I think that at some point, you know, how often do we see a team win a championship with two guards that are two to ball dominant guards that are like six one, maybe six two? doesn't happen very often you usually have a a bigger outside shooter type as your shooting guard you know now maybe it could work and like you said jt this team is really constructed like nobody else in the nba now maybe that could work to their advantage uh at, at this point it hasn't worked greatly to their advantage it just worked to their advantage at times frankly i don't think garland's been able to stay healthy enough to give it a uh, you know, a, a, a big enough window to judge it, uh, whether it's going to work. And, and Mobley and Allen, you know, Allen was out at the beginning of the year, and then and then Mobley went out when Allen came back shortly after. So I think it remains to be seen. And I think at some point, yeah, you've got to consider, okay, we're never going to get any further than, say, the fourth seed with this team as constructed. If you If you start to think that, you see that, over time, then, yeah, you, you've got to probably move Garland or Mitchell and, and go out and get, you know, a guy who is like a Cam Johnson type from the Nets. I'm just using him as okay. an example, six seven six eight guy who fills it up from outside, is a lethal outside shooter. You know, those are the type of guys you're getting. Here's the thing. They haven't been wildly better. They have haven't been wildly better with Garland and Mitchell both in the lineup at the same time, right? They've been yeah. about the same as they are when one of them is out 
or sometimes when both of them are out. So I think that's something you consider is are these guys, is this lineup making us that much better or do we need to maybe move one of them and find a better fit where we're running a better offense? And I think that's something that they're considering and we'll, we'll view over time. Now, I don't think they're, they're in any rush to make any trades this year, but I think that, you know, depending on how this season unfolds, that could change during the summer. Sam, sometimes I could almost argue that sometimes they're better with Merrill and Porter Jr. than they are with your big two point guards because of the fact that they get the team more involved in a game. I mean, I've seen it the last couple of weeks when I watch these games, and I, I see the ball movement, and I see more movement on offense that I don't see when Donovan Mitchell or Darius Garland are on the floor. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's probably even more Mitchell. As great as, as great as he is, it's not more when either both every bit as cohesive, it's not more when either both Mitchell and Garland are out or one or the other's out, generally Mitchell. And I, you know, in Mitchell's defense, I can tell you there are times where he's like, okay, you know, we're tied or we're down two or three. I'm just going to try to take over which great players tend to do, but sometimes that's to the detriment of the rest of the offense. Happy to have uh, Sam Amico talking Cavs basketball with us right now. Sam, what about the rest of the Eastern Conference? Uh, is there a clear-cut favorite uh, through uh, uh, where we're almost to the halfway point, right? We're about uh, eight, nine games away from the halfway point. Is there somebody that stands out in the Eastern Conference uh, to you yet, or is that still being determined? I think it's still being determined. I uh, Look, I think Boston or Milwaukee or, or Philadelphia, those, those my team's going to finish one. The other two are going to finish two and three. I'd say that the only spot that's up for grabs is four. Okay, and that's very much up for grabs. But Boston, Milwaukee, and uh, Philadelphia are just, they're just playing better than everybody else right now. I don't think they're significantly better. I think that the fact that the Miami Heat advanced to the finals last year through the play-in tournament tells you all you need to know about the East. And I think that the West is pretty wide open, too, for that matter. So, uh, you know, I think that benefits the Cavs. Like I said, they're 18 and 15. They've been up and down because of all the injuries. But here they are. They're a game behind Miami and Orlando, who are tied for the fourth spot. Cavs are right there. So, you know, I, I don't I don't know that there's that there's any uh, buddy that's you know it's not like the old LeBron James Cavs where you knew every year unless it was a shocker they were coming out of the East. I'd say Boston's maybe the favorite right now, but not you know by a whiskers. So it's really wide open in in my opinion after those top three. How about in the West? Is Denver still the team to beat the defending champs when they have everybody healthy, Sam? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, are they heads and tails above everybody like the old Warriors dynasty that's now dead uh, used to be? No, but but they're, I, I would say, the favorites. You know, when they're healthy, they have all their pieces. They've been there before. Uh, Jokic obviously really changes the way the game is played. as a seven-footer who basically playing point guard a lot that makes it tough for people to go out and defend them on the perimeter. Even Anthony Davis struggled with that. So, yeah, I think that, you know, as great as the Minnesota Timberwolves are playing, they're off to a franchise start. Uh, you know, Denver to me is the team that when it comes to playoffs, if they're healthy, 
they're going to be the team to beat out there. But again, I don't think they're significantly clearly ahead of everybody else in the West. I think that they're better, but not, you know, heads and tails where it's going to be a shocker if, if somebody else should beat them. The thing that's interesting about the West real quick, Kenny, is the fact that teams like the Thunder, the Kings, uh, you know, the Timberwolves, these newer, younger teams now are having a lot of success at the top and older teams such as the Warriors, the Lakers, those teams are kind of fighting just to get in. But veteran teams tend to win come playoff time. Yeah, that's a great point, Sam. It really is. And uh, the experienced, uh, winning experienced teams uh, get a, you know, uh, a nod from me when it comes to that as well. Hey, Sam, as always, fantastic stuff. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here and uh, breaking down Cavs basketball. 